And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Carley. As we move into a Friday, Gary, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. I just, this is my my favorite headline. Right. Biden administration quietly admits canceling the Keystone XL pipeline Cost thousands of jobs and billions of dollars. You know, something that was tagged into the infrastructure bill of November 2021 was that the administration had to, uh, they, the administration, Department of Energy, the administration had to come out and, and put out a report about the economic impact of him canceling right, right. The, the, the Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah, they had to score it. Right. right. So, so they had to score it. Uh, uh, the, uh, The project would have created, according again to them, for the construction phase, 16,000, between 16,000 and 59,000 construction jobs. Now, uh, I think it was TC Energy that had said, you know, they had told the unions, negotiate with the unions, that it would be like Mm -hmm. 47,000 at that particular time. And the economic impact, the positive economic impact between 3.4 and 9.6 billion jobs. So think about this. The vast or majority, dollars, yeah. What did I say? Jobs. Jo- yeah, yeah, a billion jobs. Dollars, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be a lot of jobs. Uh, I'm turning into Biden here. <laughs> or didn't Nancy say that one time? He's created 3 billion jobs or something like that. 200 yeah. million. Was it 200 it's million something, jobs? Something, something like, like that, that yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, that the economic uh, uh, impact there, which, and as we now know, he did it for no reason. Mm-hmm. He did it for, you know, spite maybe, if you want to say spite. Yeah, But right. he did it for no reason based on the opinions of his Secretary of Energy, Secretary of Transportation, and Climate Czar. Yeah. They all disagreed mm-hmm. with the reason that he did it. Mm-hmm. So Democrats didn't even agree with him on it. He killed Tens of thousands of good union jobs than callously said, learn to code. Right. And I would say, too, that this report, this um, scoring here, 
is probably, as it always is, on a conservative level, on a conservative estimate. Yeah, right, exactly. And so there's no telling. I mean, you know, you, you look at it, and as you mentioned, the you know, the deal with the unions, they said it was going to be, what, forty what 47,000 jobs, something, something yes, like that. Yeah. And we've pointed this out. It was immediately after that that he had three members of his administration, including his climate change czar, yes, his energy secretary, and his transportation secretary, that all came out and said the most efficient way to move it is through a pipeline. Right. And and that was from the Democrats from their perspective, from their perspective. of what's worse right. what's worse yes. for climate change. Right. Which the, is why they asked right. John Kerry. Right. Right. So the best thing for climate change, even John Kerry said, yes. was to keep the Keystone XL pipeline. Right. Biden said he canceled it because of climate change. Right. Well his own admit John Kerry disagreed with him, right. and he still said, I don't give a damn about great union jobs in this country. Right. I want to kill them because we have a narrative, whether true or not, that we're going to uphold. Understand this is the mindset of the Democratic Party and the leader of the Democratic Party. Mm. And did any Democrat complain? No. No. Did anybody? Now, they were asked the question on it, and they all said they didn't criticize the president. They simply said, well, no, the most efficient way, uh, even for climate change, uh, would, pipeline. Would, would, be a, would be a pipeline. Right. But there was no criticism. No. So the entire Democratic Party was behind killing tens of thousands of the best union jobs in this country for nothing. Right. For no reason except the politics of a narrative which even they admit was wrong by their standards. Right. Well, thank goodness Biden worked out a deal for for the rail workers. Oh, wait, that didn't happen either. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. It's it's just mind-boggling. And right after, right after the election, we said, we said it first, but someone asked, Biden, what are you going to, are you going to change anything? Is there, you know, with the Republicans winning the House? No. No, we're not changing anything. We knew they wouldn't. No, they believe they won. Well, he has admitted that there's a problem at the border, which the Wall Street Journal says, well, not really doing anything about it, but he's admitted it because that means he's running for president and has to acknowledge what everybody knows yep. because they've been lying about that consistently since he became president of the United States. They've been blaming Trump, the Republicans, mm -hmm. saying there is no problem, the border is secure, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden like that, oh, we have a problem here, but it's a Republican's fault. Right. And uh, what we, what, one of the solutions is that if you wish to uh, 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 claim asylum, there's an app. You can do it on your phone. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. most bizarre thing yesterday. Yeah. And then he, then he talked about the fact that President Harris, quote, President Harris yeah. has done a great job on the border. <laughs> How many times has he said that? I don't by know. The way? And and I mean, it's just it's the most bizarre thing. But they had to finally admit what they've been lying about, mm -hmm. but then lie about why there's a problem at the border. Right. It's just amazing. It really is. I mean, it, it, this goes on every single day. Hey, the Wall, the Washington Post mm -hmm. figured it out, didn't they? Yeah. Of course. Bottomless. Bottomless Pinocchios. Even Trump didn't get, from the Washington Post, Trump never got bottomless Pinocchios.
No, you can't you can't even get that in a restaurant. Bottomless. Bring me the bottomless fries and the bottomless Pinocchios. By the yes. way, the bottomless Pinocchios sounds really creepy. Or the Canadian Ballet in Canada, as mm-hmm. we call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For those who don't know, strip joints. You want to go, go up and see the bottomless Pinocchios? <laughs> Cross the border. <laughs> Tonight, it's bottomless Pinocchios. <laughs> Opening act, and Pinoc- bare-naked ladies. <laughs> and Pinocchio <laughs> is lying. <laughs> Lies! Oh. Oh. All right, that's about the most risque we get, right? <laughs> I don't know, it's Friday, and the show just started like a few minutes ago, so I can't promise anything right now. <laughs> oh my gosh just so people know when you when you when you grew up in western new york as as uh as i did yeah uh you know that's what you know guys would say we're going to the canadian ballet right yeah which yeah. means they have like I, they used to have i don't even know whether they have it anymore but mm-hmm. it was you just you you cross the bridge from niagara falls usa to niagara falls Canada. they had a bunch of strip clubs up strip there clubs that i guess was full nudity or whatever, okay something all right like that. yeah no i i don't know because i never went to the that game. was I the story behind uh bon jovi's slippery when wet in vancouver yeah that was the it was yeah. the uh, apparently that was the behind the music remember behind the music <laughs> <laughs> Now they're also old. It's behind the hospital gown. Um, it's uh, yeah. This this entire thing, you know, is well. You, you just have to ask yourself, why now? Why does why does Biden think now that he has to go to the border? Yeah, because he's running. It, it shows he's running and yep. has to acknowledge. Yep. You know that's that's the one that's the one from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. If you look at the polling, where Americans said he's lying, right? From the very beginning, they said this isn't Trump, right? And it was landslide numbers in uh, probably uh, uh, April mm-hmm. of 21. Mm-hmm. He was only in office for because it started immediately. Remember how quickly it started, the surge mm-hmm. to the border. Right. And he can't hide from it because all Republicans have to do is pound the audio cut. We have pounded over and over again because people say, well, you guys are saying, well, no, he said it. Yeah. We didn't say it. Right. We're not saying anything he didn't say. Right. Right. He invited illegal immigrants to come to the border. Mm-hmm. That's what he did when he ran for president. Yep. And then when they came and he loosened through executive order, the uh, executive orders that Trump had right. in an attempt to keep the border more secure. And then they all came. He said it was Trump's fault. Everyone knows that's a load of garbage. And I like the, I like the, uh, that didn't last too long, did it? The media who started a couple of weeks ago. Remember? Well, you, you the the problem is Republicans saying that the border is open, and then the uh, uh, m- uh, migrants uh, from all over the world come because Republicans say it's an. It's like stop yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was the question asked to Abbott. Abbott was asked. Right. That Isn't it that's the Republicans what, saying the, yeah. the borders are open and that's why people are coming here? And ga- I mean, you talk about gaslighting. Yeah. It was, uh, wow. wasn't it, uh, what's her name from ABC News, right? Yeah, the the yeah. Uh, the uh, the whiny one. Yeah. Right. Always like, is like, <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't it the Republicans? Isn't it them? Right, right, John Boehner. It was the Republicans. Yes, it was the Republicans. It was <laughs> a bunch of whiners on Sunday morning. Can you people get anything right? I can't think of her name at the moment. Oh yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I, I do remember saying that. Doesn't she remind you of Elizabeth Warren? No, she talks like because she. It sounds like she's pleading with a child. Please just take one bite of the broccoli, and I'll give you all of the chocolate in the house. Please, please. Yeah, I was. You know, I was thinking about it, breaking down the. Um, you know what 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 happens? Martha on, Raddatz. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Raddatz. Yeah, um, I was breaking down. Um, you know the. I was trying to put a, a clock on how long I would last on the set of The View. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we talk about the, the back and forth with um, with people like Martha Raddatz and, and, and others and and the exchanges that the governor of Florida has had, Ron DeSantis, has had with the media where he, he will stop and say, no, no, no. You know, when they were calling it um, the don't say gay bill. Yeah. And he would stop and say, whoa. That's or, not the name of the bill, and there's nothing that, that says that in the bill, and you know that. Right. And and I thought to myself, you know, um, with this ludicrous logic, and you go back and listen to yesterday's podcast, uh, they were making on the uh, view, Joy Behar, you know, in the wake of uh, uh, the situation with uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, it, that it's basically a bunch of uh, white male conservatives that, that – that uh, have this urge to watch tackle football, you know, and I thought to myself, man, I would just be firing off left and right. You're a moron. You're a moron for saying that. And how grotesque is it that you're saying this in the wake of such a tragic situation and you've got not just a player but his family and the entire team and all their fans and NFL fans across the country right now that are are right now have are you know dealing with this on different levels and you decide you're going to make it political you're a hack you're not worth i don't know what they're paying you but you're not worth well, a dime here's the thing now how long would you last on the view now the initial thing would be you wouldn't last long at all right mm, right but mm, you mm. might mm. because the lawyers might like you on the show you know, they, they'd be going through their, like, wait a minute, what did he say? Okay, well, he's a wait. hack, he's a moron. Okay, no, well, okay. Uh, all that is legal. Eric, Eric is correct he's on good. this, correct he's, on he's this. Good. Okay, we don't need to put he's, out a, accurate. we don't need to put out a legal memo today. Right, right. Uh, we don't need to apologize here today on right. The View because Eric is, you know, is telling the truth. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and it's causing this back and forth yelling and screaming, which is good and helping the, the, uh, the, the ratings. Yeah. And so, look, unless Joy or Whoopi threaten to quit, Eric stays yeah, from the exactly. legal. That's that's our legal department point of view. Right. So you might have a career on The View. Yeah. Oh, man, I would hope so. Keep me on. You're just a Except moron. you would be outnumbered. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That's the other show. That's the other show. And that's the thing. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just that, well, well, do you want to expand on that? No, I think I've said everything else. Uh, that Everything right there I need to say. You're a moron. I thought about that yesterday, and you know, it's sort of like if I went to college, um, if I if I was able to go back to college with the mind that I have now, mm -hmm. you know, and the experience that I have now, and I start thinking to myself, 
just like you on The View, you'd be a, a very, not just a troll, but a very, I think, just because of your experience in debating and knowing what's going on, mm-hmm. a very intellectual troll. Mm-hmm. You know, Take trolling and raise it to a new level, mm-hmm. a respectable level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd respect it. I'd love it. We got a we got a great show ahead. Eight six six ninety red eye. Starting and charging system related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your electrical system checked by a certified technician. If your vehicle begins to shut down electrical loads like radios and cab lights while in operation. This is a surefire sign that you're experiencing low battery voltage and continuing to run on these conditions can lead to additional electrical systems shutting down. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Coming up on the show, the evidence released in the Idaho murders uh, uh, case. Texas sues the Biden administration over illegal immigration. Uh, by the way, you had mentioned uh, the Buffalo Bills' uh, DeMar uh, Hamlin expected to make a full uh, neurological recovery. I watched the entire press conference with yeah. the, uh, the doctors uh, yesterday. But well, those doctors are quite impressive and seems like they have no egos at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they just complimented everybody. Yeah. Know, they complimented the, you know, the staff and, and we're saying, we're admitting, yeah, one of the best places you can ever get sick or hurt mm-hmm. is that a, you know, if you're a football player on the field, mm-hmm. that's best place probably in the world, you mm-hmm. know, because of the medical staff that is uh, there and they really complimented them. But, uh, his, one of his first words, I guess, were, did we win? Uh. Yeah, <laughs> and they said, "Yeah, you won the gift of life." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and, that's a definitely a win that he's yep. awake. Yeah, so uh, and seems to be aware. Yeah, that was that great percentage of car loans now over a thousand dollars a month, or excuse me, the percentage of car loans now over a thousand dollars a month soars to a new record. Mm-hmm. Uh, a squad, one of the squad Democrats, shows her racism uh, again. Uh, the uh, the the border and Biden. We will uh, get to. And uh, Eric, later on, because I think I'm done talking about it, we'll talk about still no speaker. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll listen to you. I'm done. Let, I'm yeah, done. Let me uh, let me <laughs> let me try and conjure up some um, I care about it thoughts because it just kind of you know. Uh, first of all, the the news with with Demar I think took precedent uh, over everything once that you know came out. I mean, it was just that was a. I, you could almost feel the sigh of relief that he was mm-hmm. awake and, and he was talking. Um, but, you know, just watching just watching the hits on the alerts on my phone, on the phones over and over again, it was like, all right, well, okay, keep it going. Keep it going. They seemingly are no closer than they were from day one. Even though they claim they have a deal now. But I don't know. I don't know if it gets if it gets him to four. 
But just Thursday morning, there was kind of this. Oh, I know there was. You know, there we, was a deal, we, right? You know, we had a, and it goes back to the. We have the framework of a deal. <laughs> you know, so inside the Beltway, we don't know what a deal actually is, and well, we know what a deal is when it's actually done. That's a deal. So let's see if they've got the deal. I suspect they're going to want to get it done on Friday, and if they get, and here's the thing. They get it done at the end of Friday. That's going to tell me, oh, okay. In their mind, those the holdouts were saying, yeah, let's keep this going all week, and we'll use it all week. We'll come to a deal by the end of the week. Really? So you really didn't mean it. If you're holding out just because, well, we got some time in the news on this, that's not a reason. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can see... The Bonus Show. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE uh, uh, if uh, you would like uh, to uh, to get in. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying. I had something to say about the very quickly, even though I said I, I about think, uh, the whole uh, the, McCarthy thing. Yeah, the McCar- well, I mm. forgot what it. Oh man, I forgot what it was. Well, you know, uh, I just because I, I'd, I know I had said yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And there is part of me that's saying, okay, yeah. until they get the whole thing done, mm-hmm. it's it's the same old, same old every single day. Oh, oh I know what I wanted to say. Yeah, mm. I I, Go I got it now. Okay, good. Uh, I'm on a, um, you know, a uh, group text. All right, like you, you are with a uh, uh, a few of my old old friends that we go back. You know, we go back. Uh, one friend, uh, you know. Eight years old, the other one probably 18, 19. Right. And, but the, the people in this group text are, you know, I've known just that's two of them and, and a few others that go back a long way. Right. And they're not influenced by my opinion at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their own strong opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, now a few of them listen to the show and, and agree, but I don't, I don't set the agenda because I do a talk show for them. You know, I don't, they have their, my point is they have their own minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really have not this week on the group text uh, said anything about it. You know, the, a lot of them in, are in Western New York. So a lot of it's been on, on, on Hamlin and, and the, you know, the, the effects on society. And we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on because, uh, you know, they're uh, terrible what happened uh, to him. It's great that he seems to be recuperating now and everything that the doctor said yesterday. But there was a great societal impact of, of what happened there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most right. of it for the most, the vast majority of it, very, very positive. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, you know, there was uh, it, that was a lot of the, the uh, discussion. But it was really here yesterday where you could see that my one buddy especially was like when it came out that uh, it wasn't going to be good enough where five could challenge the speaker or four could challenge the speaker, that one 
person in Congress could challenge the speaker. You know, and then, you yeah, know, right. basically uh, you're talking about a no confidence vote could be set up by one person. That's what set a lot of my friends over the top and said, this is BS. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely BS. Mm-hmm. You can't have that and effectively run a party if one person can do that. And you constantly are like in a parliamentary system and can have a, you know, a no confidence vote that can be set by one person. Right. That even in the in most uh, you know parliamentary governments, you don't have one person doesn't have that kind of power. Right, right. And I think what's happening is, and and this is where you know those twenty are, uh, I believe, are taking a big gamble that now maybe wor- may be working against them. Because look, part of me, you know, there there is that part of me that looks and says, you know, I I want to make sure that there is the message sent to the leadership that you got to be more conservative. I'm not against that. What right, I'm against right, yeah. is if you can never get to that because you are, you know, once a deal is made and, and let's say McCarthy is speaker because we know, sorry, but the reality is in politics, revenge is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Political revenge is a part of it. And there are many Republicans that, and, I, and I'm talking about in Congress, that view those 20 uh, as betraying the party. Rightly or wrongly, I'm just talking about the politics of it. And and so but when it got to the 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 point, that was the one thing that really set off a number of my friends, uh, like uh, a couple on the the group text and then more other people that I associate with, you know, that I was communicating with yesterday and didn't really bring it up. In fact, what happens with all of my friends is normally they come to me and go, do you agree on this? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what I normally get. It's not like, Mm. could you give us your analysis of it, Gary? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> it's like no they're they're very very vocal and always have been because they're my friends that's what that's what friends do good right. friends who tr- who trust you and realize that they can vent mm-hmm. and and that was the thing really that i thought was that was the point that really set off a ton of republicans yesterday saying hold it you can't have one member of congress controlling the republican party when they're when they're in control you just can't have that and when mccarthy agreed to it that actually threw a lot of fury at mccarthy for yeah. agreeing to why it. would you ever right. agree to that why would you change the fundamentals in such a way are you so determined to get to that position for i don't know it might be a day or a week i mean who knows you could have anything hanging over you at at any minute by any one member of your party yeah, it's Why not, would you even agree to that? It, it's not, for example, in a parliamentary system where, you know, some parliamentary systems where, okay, there's 51% that want you gone. Right. Yeah. Okay, right. yeah, I can see that because right. then you're talking about 51%. Well, I mean, what we're uh, going through right now, the fact that he so far hasn't reached the 218, that's part of the system. You know, that's yeah, part of the right, process. Exactly, right. So, right. you know, that's the way it works. You can like it, dislike it. Uh, you can laugh about it. You can cry about it. doesn't matter. It's the system until... They change it, but changing the system, changing the procedure to the point that one person could get, could have that kind of control, no. And and my friends that I'm talking about, by the way, are very conservative and feel that the Republican Party hasn't been conservative enough. Right. So there is sympathy towards the opinions coming from 
you know, uh, uh, the the opinions coming from the 20 that they want to ensure that there's more of a conservative mindset in the leadership. But when it got to that point is when they said, no, you can't right. that, that you can't get anything done. You can't have a coherent leadership if the leadership is worried that anything that they might do may get that one vote that could set up basically a no confidence vote. Right. Right. And you're yeah. doing that on a consistent basis. Right. All it takes is one person. Well, you're always going to find out of when, when you have 222 members, there's always going to be one person ticked off. Yeah, well, and in the moment that any one person feels like they need to make uh, their voice heard uh, for the sake of uh, boosting their numbers in their own district, then that's going to go off. Yeah. And and, you know, this you can do that without getting to this insane level of control for one person. And an interesting article, was it two days ago, the Wall Street Journal? I can't remember. It might have been the Wall Street Journal that their their editors a uh, 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 piece where they said you get the feeling that these Republicans have been in the minority so long that they wish to deal in the minority where they can scream and yell anything and it doesn't matter, right. but they can make their point. Yeah. But then when you get to the the majority when you control congress mm. you can't do it the same way right 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 it's not that because now you actually get to set the agenda and you can sit there and say either i in the minority party where you have no power i want this all or nothing you can do that in my minority because you have no power right yeah or in the majority right not the same thing right negotiation because you know it was funny because it was like no negotiation at all with the democrats Mm -hmm. well that's not going to happen it's not going to happen right there's going to be constant always negotiations that's how the system works now should they be much more hardline in the negotiations yes but when you when you hear that no negotiations with the democrats yeah that's not going to happen not going to happen and and so get a massive like a, super majority and that's not going to happen anytime soon and then you can start talking about that but that but then you don't need to negotiate with the democrats right exactly well when, the, when you when you well, have that kind of when the people give you that kind of majority that's when the people say no negotiating with the democrats and you don't have that kind of majority plain and simple this is this is outlined by the people you didn't get the red wave you got the red spritz. Yeah. You limped in. At the level that you have here, you don't you you don't have the ability not to negotiate. Right. Unless you can get everyone, every single person, as Nancy Pelosi was able to do. The Democratic mm-hmm. Party has become such such a radical party where I think you had every single member of the House uh, was it the House? Yeah, I think every single member of the House that voted basically for the equity bill that says a man can be a woman whenever they want. That's how right. radical they've gotten. Right. But the Republican Party is not that radical. Right. They're a moderate party. They're actually a party that has a variety of opinions. Mm-hmm. Most Which, of them clearly. <laughs> mo- mo- yeah. No, but most yeah. of them, uh, you know, most of them are, you know, much more conservative and. Yeah, there's a Republican Party become a little bit more moderate than they might have been 25 years ago on fiscal things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. But it's all relative. But yeah, they it's are. All, it's all relative. The majority the, of them right. are more certainly more conservative, right? You know, than not. Um, but this is again all relative when you compare them to the far left. And so, if you sit there because you hear this, I mean, I saw Chip Roy. We shouldn't be spending any money mm-hmm. unless we can pay for it, right? And I agree. Yes, I agree with that. Can you do that tomorrow? No. Is so that is that fiscally again, possible to do that tomorrow? Again, it's without without losing twenty twenty four completely. Right, you have no chance of winning if you actually said because you'd be basically cutting out what thirty forty percent of the budget would be gone. You'd right. have to cut Social Security. You'd have to cut med. If you actually believe that, you'd have to majorly cut defense. Major programs would be cut, and the public would say, "Sorry, you're out." Yeah, and That's the reality. That's the reality of what you're dealing with. And the basics and the messaging have to be changed drastically. So before you can start uh, talking in in that type of messaging, again, we agree with that idea. We agree with Chip Roy. But you're going to have to, this massive Titanic is going to have to be turned and isn't going to turn on a dime. So what your party needs is greater messaging as to why we need to get our fiscal house in order. Right. And that's what this two years... You know, that's well, it should be a consistent thing. This is part of the problem that we've had. You take those four or five issues and you pound them every single day. You take the TV money that you have and you pound where you stand over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And you sell it to donors saying, look at where the public stands on this. Here's where the public stands. Here's what we're going to do on these five, six issues. We can win if we market and do this correctly. But you don't see that. And yes. Then you can sit there and say, well, isn't that part of the problem that the leadership hasn't been doing that? McCarthy's a leadership. Can't argue with you on that. Absolutely. But you have to demonstrate that and you're not going to get that message across in, 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 in one small day, you know, day or hour or even an entire week. You're, you're going to have to take the next two years. And I have my doubts that you're going to make much progress in the next two years because the party has been so uh, horrible on their messaging. You're going to have to get your messaging house in order. Everything is about 24, but you can't get to 24 and and keeping the House, winning the Senate and the White House unless you get your messaging house in order. And you're far from that. (laughs) You said you're and you said far mm-hmm. when you said the f i thought you was like oh no you're <laughs> i thought that's where you were going i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> i really did i was like i just oh, i don't know if you saw my eyes i was like what <laughs> eric harley <laughs> yeah that was a, definitely something bad definitely a, definitely the christmas story tire changing moment there that's <laughs> what i, thought I didn't say fudge exactly <laughs> 866 red eye Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, if... Uh, you'd like uh, to get in to the uh, show today. I just love this one. Step up, Democratic mayors. Demand Biden take action to stem migrant tide. 
right. and also coming up on the show here, uh, more U-Haul trucks left California than any other state in 2022. The top destination from California, Texas. All right. There you go. Uh, you know, you have a number of, of uh, massive companies moving uh, you, and a lot of individuals uh, going to states where the jobs are created and the state isn't making it so expensive to live. It's expensive. Relatively speaking, it's expensive every, everywhere. These, these days, the, uh, the, the rent is skyrocketing everywhere in the major metro areas. There's no doubt. But when you compare states like Florida and Texas to California and New York, wow. And people are doing what they have to do. There's no, at some point, there is that threshold where you say to yourself, I can't survive here. Well, you see, I mean, it's just the whole Kathy Hochul thing is just hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It's playing in New York, you know, really big. Has she offered to cook them dinner if they come back? uh, It's just (laughs) get out, get out. We don't want you. No, no, no. We need your tax base. Yeah, no, no. Don't leave. Yeah. We're going to make life better for you. Which tells you that, number one, they did leave when she said it. And number two, they're hurting as New York is hurting as a result of it. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when you want. If you can't listen overnight to one of our great radio stations, you can do that later on in the day. Uh, when our podcast is up there for everybody to uh, hear. You know, uh, just I wanted to throw a couple more things in here because I was talking about uh, some of my friends and one of the things that set them off yesterday was mm-hmm. the the whole, uh, you know, one vote to, uh, you know, vacate and, you know, basically a, a vote of no confidence that could set up a vote, whatever. I'm, I'm not, understand where we are as a, in Congress right now. Let's talk about the practical reasons of it, the the practicalities of all this and how much is symbolism versus how much is actually substance. Uh, once he's elected, he's going to be in. If McCarthy wins, he's in for the next two years. There's not going to be a vote to take him out. The politics then become even bigger because if you're one person who comes and says, well, I wish to have a vote for this unless you can make your case very strongly. You're going to be politically the one that looks weak. Yeah. Excuse me. There's a great, depending on what the issue is, there's a great chance you will be the one if you can't get 51% to agree with you. If it's only a couple of people, it's going to be meaningless. Uh, I, I think on, on that, the symbolism, it's more about symbolism. I don't why, know why there's such a huge fight for that 
from the 20 because to me it's mostly symbolic i don't think there would be much substance uh you know uh, to that once you are elected and once uh you're in now the rules committee even now for the next 2 years if you got more conservatives on there which i would be fine with sure i have no objection i i agree from the history you know you can you, you can sit there and you can throw out any plan as mccarthy has done and you know the the uh, the new contract with america i can't remember the official name of it mm-hmm. uh and look at it and go yeah okay we we all agree with it and it's like yeah but we've been burned by republicans so long where we don't trust them that yeah, that's right. a legitimate beef to have mm-hmm. uh over the next two years let's say four out of the ten are you know are from the conservative uh, uh, uh caucus and hopefully they believe uh, in the same conservative ideology that their conservatism is not something that's different than mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> As we'll find once in a while. Mm. That's not conservatism, that's populism. Right. Uh, and, but but uh, if they wish to be more fiscally sane, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But still, because of the Senate and because of the, of the you know, of the numbers in the House themselves... There isn't going to be much legislation being moved either way. No. No. The fact that you have the budget done for the next year means everything for the next year or two, maybe the budget for the, you know, a year from now, you know, might be a little bit, you know, there'd be some negotiations, but you're eventually going to have to come out with something as, you know, as the house. And if, if you have, for example, Let's say hypothetically, you know, because I go back to Chip Roy saying, all right, we, we can no longer continue to spend. And this is hypothetical, and I i don't think he'd even do this because he would realize it. But just hypothetically, if they said, nope, well, the budget now, we don't want to borrow any money. No more money can be borrowed next August, September, when they're talking about the budget for the new year. Mm-hmm. Right? No more money. No more. We only, you know, we only... um uh, we only pay, uh, you know, we don't, we only spend what we can pay for. Right. Well, then you'd probably, you might have to cut 30, 40% of the budget, which means you lose in 2024. Republicans would know it. And if you, if that's what you wish to put forward, that's never going to go anywhere. You're simply going to vote on what the Senate may have come up with or whatever. But it's so for the next two years, it is, for the most part, hugely symbolic. That's the interesting thing. Now you do get your, you do get the conservatives on the rules committee. Then they have their foot in the door, which could last a significant period of time. If they take the Senate and the executive branch in 2024. Right. But if you don't take it, if your goal is, if the goal of some in the 20, and I, and I think, you know, it's been pointed out, Chip Roy is not a, uh, Matt Gates. Right. You know, right, and right, right. ideologically, Chip Roy believes what's happening is horrible. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Chip Roy. It's how you put it all together. You got to win in 2024. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to win in 2024. And I'm using this as an example that I don't believe is ever not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you said, no, we're not going to go any further, that we must only spend uh, what we can pay for. 
Well, you can't do that next September or October because you'll lose you'll lose so big in 2024 because you'd have to cut defense, which mm. they're not willing. Those conservatives aren't willing to do that. No. So if you're going to cut 30 to 40 percent because that's what you're borrowing, what do you cut? Right. You're going to cut Social Security? <laughs> Social Security and Medicare still are the and then with the interest that we're paying on the debt, which even becomes more of the budget, you're going to raise taxes? Right. So, so much of this is symbolic unless, you know, you win in 2024 and the conservatives and the rule committee still have that four out of ten. Then you have much more oomph to put forward what you wish to put forward if you have the Senate and the House. A lot more leverage. Here's right. what I would say to Chip Roy, and, and I know that Chip Roy knows this. Um, and, and again, we agree with him. We need to get our fiscal house in order. But what that is going to require isn't just one Chip Roy. It's going to require at least 240, 250 Chip Roy's in the house. That's when the American people, that's when you'll know the American people have said enough. The problem with Chip Roy's position is that, along with us and our audience and many, is it's not enough people in America that believe this. Right. And when that changes, you'll know it. It will be a red wave. And they will be sent there because they campaigned. And promised that they're going to get our fiscal house in order. And they won. In a real red wave. And that's how it works. The people of those districts represented by the other members in the GOP. Didn't send those people there based on that promise. Or anything like that. Tell me who was promoting fiscal sanity again aside from the handful of people like Chip Roy. Nobody. And and uh, the, the, the fear of the, like I said, whether it's one vote or five votes, again, it's not, to, to me, it's more, it's more symbolic. But the fear that, 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 I, that I have is the fact that if it is, if, you know, knowing that it is symbolic, if you have this consistently happening where one member wants to challenge it, the politics of that, which over a period of two years going into 2024 could hurt the unity of the message of the Republican Party because you constantly have the bickering going on. Mm-hmm. It's more of a mm-hmm. political thing mm-hmm. yeah. over the next two years right. because nothing's really going to happen. Right. They, they don't, don't have, have that any, kind of power. They, they don't have the power. Right. And so that's, to me, the substance of it. And I just want to make sure the substance of it, of how I think is different from where I was explaining, you know, where a lot of my friends initially were. Yeah, and we never right. got into the specific des- discussion. You know, I never got into the discussion with him on it. I was just I was just relating to what they were saying. They were like, okay, they're just, they're trying to do. And so I never, I didn't know specifically what their opinions were, why they objected to that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, except for the opinion that, it gives that, well, one person will be able to upset the apple cart right. when we're trying to win in 2024. Right. And by the way, these people that I'm talking about all 
agree with the philosophy of Chip Roy. Yeah, right. That we've got to stop. The debt's going to kill future generations. Mm-hmm. It's killing this generation with inflation right now. Right. See the story out there? You know, talk the number of people. We'll get to that. The number of people that are now taking out. It's gone to record levels. $1,000 a month car loans. Mm-hmm. Look at the price of a new car. Yeah. If you want a truck. I saw an ad the other day. I think it was for an F-250. I think. And the ad they were, they're promoting a good price, right? I mean, that's the idea. You advertise, hey, look at this deal. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Who can afford that? (laughs) You know? I mean, unless you're, you know, operating a a business. I mean, that businesses will buy it quite often, a a truck like an F-250. But, I mean, the average American... More and more, the price of vehicles overall, and it doesn't matter which kind of vehicle you're talking about, big, small, they've all jumped so dramatically. And it doesn't matter what kind of vehicle in terms of the energy that's used to power that vehicle. EVs, the same thing. It's getting very expensive to build a car, and it's getting very expensive to finance a car. And at some point, you know, I and I don't know what that point is. I guess I'll phrase it as a question. Where is that threshold? Because you think about it. One of my one of my uh, children, they're in the process of buying a house. And she asked me the other day, she said, how do people live? And she makes a great living. But she's talking about, you know, the 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 average middle class how would you afford to to live? Well, if you're living in a California, it's even more expensive, which is why we see so many U-Hauls on their way to Texas out of California. You got to find a cheaper place to live. You've got to find a, a a place where you can where your money goes further. It's not about you said this forever. And finally, the Census Bureau picked up on it. It's not about how much you make. It's about how much you make versus the cost of living how much you have to spend to live. And we say the Census Bureau because they rate California as one of the highest states, if not the highest, in poverty based on that formula, which is the only formula for measurement because you have to include the cost of living. And I don't know, but new vehicles are through the roof. It's insane. I don't know how people afford that. $1,000 a month. No way. So Republicans have to do over the next two years and consistently is to show that the spending is causing the pain today and repeat it over. And when was the last time you heard a unified message over and over again every single day when you're bombarded? For example, I went on when I was on vacation. I said, my God, I can't believe the ads Planned Parenthood are putting in. Mm -hmm. Get an abortion. It'll make your life better. But they're pounding those ads day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Where is it over and over again? Do you understand that the spending we're doing in the country is causing the inflation, which is causing you the problems today? We are the Republican Party, and we need to find a way to stop the spending because there isn't enough tax dollars to do it. Right. And you explain to people over and over and over again, and they don't do it. Right. And the left will pound a lie day in and day out. And it's like, why won't the Republicans pound the truth day in and day out? Mm-hmm. 
866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Because they are removing snow and applying sand, salt, or other road treatments, snow plows travel at a slower rate of speed than other vehicles. All drivers should maintain a safe following distance of at least five to six car lengths behind a snowplow. This will help you avoid collisions as well as potential vehicle damage from the materials being thrown on the road. Don't pass a plow unless you absolutely have to, and never drive into the snow cloud. If you do have to pass a snowplow, do it in a safe and legal passing area that is clear of snow and ice. Make sure there's enough clearance to the side, as plows are wider than most vehicles, and portions of the plow and blade may not be visible due to blowing snow. If you encounter a snowplow approaching from the opposite direction along an undivided highway, pull as far over to the right side as is safe. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance with Smart Hall from Progressive. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Not available in all states or situations. Red Eye Radio and our sponsors are devoted to trucking safety. That's why we are proud to bring you the Red Eye Radio Million Mile Club. We've been saluting drivers. It's Red Eye Radio. He's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 of uh, uh, Red Eye. By the way, I don't think you or I care who ends up being speaker. I just care that no. they move in the direction that they need to move in, right. which is at eighty percent. I don't care yep. whether it's a, I don't care whether it's whether it's McCarthy or Scalise or whatever, because uh, I don't know what Scalise would do. I I don't and I don't know, you know where what Jim Jordan would be able to get done. I don't know. I can't tell you. Well, Jim Jordan doesn't want it. And you Scalise know, has said he doesn't want it. Exactly. So, so, so you know, you, but but any of these possibilities come down to the fact that it still is just draft day. I will say this. It's interesting watching, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene going after Lauren Boebert. You know, I mean, just, yeah, right. they're going after each other something fierce. And uh, Greene was on board with with McCarthy early. Yeah. She was probably yeah. most vocal. And I found that to be interesting uh, after the election. And then Matt Gates, you know, Trump is sad. Then he nominates Trump. Yeah, and right. then at the same day he nominates Trump, he's he he was doing an interview, you know, saying, "Well, uh, uh, you know, Trump wants McCarthy." Well, HR was never his strong point, and it's just like Gates is just—he's all over the place. Exactly. I mean, he's just and, no direction. And so, so you ask yourself, where's the seriousness of it? Which I think that you you saw the distinction. A lot of people started recognizing it, saying, "Chip Roy's not a Matt Gates or a Bobert." Right, he actually has ideologically he's telling you what ideologically what, he what he's wrong. doing. Right, you can't sit there and say, you know, you you can't say it, you're just you're not communicating effectively when you say, uh, okay, McCarthy is part of the swamp. Mm. Oh, Trump wants him in there. Well, then Trump is part of the swamp. Mm. Well, I'm nominating Trump, <laughs> but Trump is sad for not for wanting McCarthy, and HR was not his strong point. There's no consistency in his message no, at there all. Isn't. There isn't. Because if this were really about issues 
then what Trump said about McCarthy wouldn't be relevant. You could just say, well, I disagree with Mr. Trump, and here's why. These are the things we need to fix. And it's exactly what, you know, Chip Roy is doing. The who whoever else is is uh uh promoting whatever or voting in a certain way, this is not what I want, this isn't what my constituents want. We want this. These are the issues. And with all due respect to anybody else who's saying uh, this person should be it or that person should be it. Here's why I'm doing this. You didn't hear that. You didn't hear that from Gates. And it sounds like posturing to build some kind of credibility. some To get a greater media presence this week in the process. That's what it reeks of. We'll see if they get a if they actually have a deal done. You know, some are saying they're not even close. That they they're saying they have that that they have a deal, but it's not enough. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they actually have a deal. We'll see where it goes. It could go on forever. I you know it's again. I'm not watching a clock here, but I do expect people to express their conviction. And you're not hearing that from a great deal of people that are involved here and their objections. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So the good news yesterday is uh, the uh, the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center uh, did a quite long interview. It was like 40 minutes long. Hmm. I watched the entire thing yesterday. Uh, said that the Buffalo Bills' Demar uh, Hamlin expected to make a full neurological recovery. Uh, everybody got a chuckle of, <laughs> I think of the, you know, and he can't he can't speak because he still has the breathing tube. Right. In by the way, they did say he never got a tracheometry. Uh, you know, they mm. he never received. It was just the breathing tube that he got. Okay. And he can't speak yet, but the first thing he wrote out was, "Did we win?" Mm. <laughs> It's just great. It's like okay, here here you are, and you know it shows them. It it shows the great mentality of that young man. Um, here he is in a hospital bed, and his concern: Did we win the game? Yeah. <laughs> I I uh, the 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 sigh of relief. I mean, you could you could feel it when that news broke. You could actually almost hear it. There's a there's a very long road to full recovery. Mm-hmm. 
and the doctors said that and you know they they were asked you know specifically and 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 these are these are doctors that that's why you know when uh you had and it disappeared quite quickly mm. but you saw the first 24 hours right uh you know the uh the anti-vax right people come out yeah you know another young person another young person was hitting the chest yeah it, it wasn't a, just and in, it's an extremely rare situation but, but they asked the doctors they said you know is it you know what i uh you know was that what caused it mm-hmm. and they said it's part of the possibilities but we can't answer that because we haven't done a full analysis because right. he has been in the, the situation that he's in after we run the, which saying we don't have the information we're the doctors we don't guess right and that's one of the things on the right. Look, it's your choice whether you wish to get, you know, vaccinated for whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's gone beyond, okay, here's what we scientifically know. And this is a stain because most of the people that are promoting this are on the right. Mm. Well, another young person dropping a dead, another young person with a heart problem. And the whole thing is, as we know, the inference is uh, it's because the young person was vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Now, we understand that there are people that are susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. The point is people playing doctor when they don't have the information and then they expect to be credible when analyzing the news. Well, well the, and my point is the doctors are saying, we can't answer anything yet because we haven't done the full investigation that needs to be done. And they talked about the dozens and dozens and dozens. There are so many reasons that something could like this could happen. Mm-hmm. Is that a possibility? Yeah, but we're not willing to say it because we haven't done the research on this one particular individual. Right. And, you know, this is the 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 problem. I guess my question would be is if if you're going to jump to that conclusion – why what is it you're trying to achieve now if you wait for the evidence to come out and then it shows something that there's a connection there then you can have you can issue opinion on it i'm not going to issue an opinion on something i don't know about yet why would you want to do that yep um but you know when the word came that he was communicating i thought to myself okay if he's communicating you know on more than a basic level uh, then that is great hope. And then the uh, the uh, analysis on the neurological side was, all right, he should make a full recover, recovery in terms of any neurological damage or anything there. He should be able to make a full recovery. And, you know, I thought to myself, man, it's just, it is just amazing. When you think of how that all played out and how worried everybody was, and 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 worried about the you know worst case scenario. Uh, it was just a a massive sigh of relief. It brought out the best in people. I think so. You know, it it can bring out the worst. I mean, I one of the uh, you know things that you know, and again, observing social media that is not indicative of the population as a whole. But you know, for example, well, many people die every day at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they don't on national TV. Right. Uh, in the most popular sport in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
with millions in, watching. In, in essence, yeah. would have died if the medical personnel hadn't been there. Right. It's a very, very unusual event to happen. And the doctor said that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's just, you know, it, uh, something like this in the NFL, just, you know, in sports like this is extremely rare to see something. Right. Uh, like this. And we know the politics that are being, you know, we talked about, uh, Joy Behar, you know, uh, because it's, uh, heterosexual conservative men. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut, yeah. Just shut you're, up. You're a moron. Right. And, but, uh, uh, I saw the New York uh, New York Times that I saved the the headline. New York Times even had an article on it uh, yes, yesterday. Okay, I didn't save it. That basically talked about the the impact, and they recognized the fact that mm, you don't see it in much in other sports, but the NFL and Christianity the ties are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sure. know, right now, and they went through every single team. You know, put pray, you know, pray for him, pray for him. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm going through, you know, where people on social media doing it, I came upon, you know, one thread uh, and it was like, stop talking about God. God didn't do what the doctors did at the doc. <laughs> then I, I'm reading this right before the doctors were on. And the question is asked, could you feel the prayers and everything else? And and did it did it affect you in in a positive way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I mean, it's going, it, it's just, you you see that the trolls exist out there because I'm telling you right now, where the NFL was, where, for example, where a Colin Kaepernick wanted the NFL to go, which is pushing, and we talked about this many, many times about what his motivation was, which was socialism, Marxism, mm-hmm. and to go from the Kaepernick pushing the socialism, Marxism, and then the lies of Black Lives Matter to what you saw this week. Mm-hmm. And we said, players don't last a long time in the NFL. Right. They churn over quickly. And so, as we had uh, talked about, the lies that uh, and the influence of Black Lives Matter on sports and in the NFL might disappear. Right. And they still talk about, you know, love and stop racism and everything. Well, I'm for that. You know, it's, it's it's where they were, again, lying about cops. And attempting to push the radical left, the uh, the Marxist socialist agenda, mm-hmm. which was driving Kaepernick from the very, very beginning, as remember that Miami Herald reporter recognized yeah. early on, right? And and said, "Look, this is what's pushing him. This isn't about this isn't about cops. Right? It's about this. This is what he's really pushing. He's using cops to get to that particular. He's lying about cops to get to this particular point." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so what I've seen and and I don't look I don't expect everybody to believe the way that that I believe but I think what has happened in the NFL this week uh, I think what has happened and and I talked about this how much I was bothered by what happened in the NFL because I've had close ties to the Buffalo Bills for a long long time mm-hmm. I still do have close ties not in the you know, for example in the as much in the front office anymore but still the vast majority of the radio broadcast team have been co-workers of mine mm-hmm. and uh, and have actually worked for me uh, doing play-by-play. What a John Murphy, uh, who's the play-by-play guy for the Buffalo Bills, uh, when when uh, I uh, was the station manager, uh, did college basketball and minor league baseball for me. Mm-hmm. And this goes back, you know, a long time ago. But And, and uh, the executive producer 
uh, of the, the the Buffalo Bills radio broadcast. Uh, he was one of the engineers uh, for the station when I was a station manager. And the I'm going to call him Todd. I don't. I don't Todd was a coworker of mine. Uh, uh, and I think I just don't know his official. I don't know what I think. Uh, assistant executive producer. I'll mm. make sure I get Todd mm. in there. So I work with all these people. And and so I've had very, very close ties to the Bills, you know, for the longest time. Uh, and I've and I've, uh, uh, you know, been and with the, you know, different Buffalo Bills backers around the, the country. I've been involved with them in the past and recognized and have participated in all the charitable events that they do. And I find that very, very I, I love that part of sports bringing people back together. And the backers have been doing it, and the backers are the Buffalo Bills clubs all over the country. And they do constant charity. They say, look, we're Bills fans, but we're a part of this community, and we help the charities, and the things that we do are constantly to help the charities in the local areas. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love what's going on between Buffalo and Cincinnati right now. Oh, yeah. I love this, that, you know, these the, 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 the respect that that people are now having because of this incident. I love the fact that uh, I don't even know what it was going on seven million dollars for um, uh, Hamlin's charity, mm-hmm. and then uh, oh the uh, the receiver T uh, can't think of his name the receiver who hit him. Mm. Uh, I know the the Bills are trying to get the Bills fans the the Bills mafia as they call it yeah. are trying to give, you know figure out what charity to give for him. Because they know that, especially trolls on social media, blame he wasn't. He didn't do anything wrong. No, he didn't. It was a normal, it was no, just a normal play. And so I know he was really relieved. But people building bonds because of sports, even if you're competitors, and 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 donating to charities that help people, and focusing in on you know on that and. You know, building mutual respect and relationships and spirituality. I mean, yeah. what? It's a terrible thing that happened, but you can't ignore the wonderful things that come out of it. The, the what could have been a horrible tragedy is still a horrible thing that happened, but still, you can't ignore the positive things that that come out of sports like this. Well, it fully demonstrated um, in the immediate wake of that event. It demonstrated what we have talked about for a long time and what sports really is and how yeah. people really come together and, and it, how they really feel. The, the, the Bengals fans, you know, that was that was part of it. And I suspect, and I, I can say this confidently, any any team that would have been the opposing team would have done the same. And that's the community of fans that's what they bring. That's what the sport does for that fan base. That's why people are drawn to it. They like the sport, but it's also that feeling of uh, a community and and kinship when you're either with them in a crowd or even when you're watching from home and you know and you see it. You benefit from that. They People benefit from that every single day. And this is a demonstration of that. I wish th- the event never happened. I know that everybody feels the same. 
But in the wake of it, it was a clear demonstration of what we have said for a long time. This is exactly why people enjoy professional sports. This is, and, and football is unique. This, we're a football nation. And that's exactly what played out is still playing out today. And, and I think this will reverberate for a long time. Nobody cared whether Hamlin was black or white. No. I don't know what that, his political that, beliefs are. I right, don't know. No I, I don't, I don't care no. that he plays for the Bills. Right. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Everything stops at that right. moment. All concern is for him, his family, his teammates, yep. the fans, all of it. That's, that's why I've said the racism is manufactured in this country. Not that there aren't racist, but we are not a racist nation. Well, Joy Behar and insisted on trying. How insisted, dare you come yep. together? I need to find a reason to divide people again, Absolutely. which was a laughable attempt. Yep. But that's exactly what she was trying to do. Yep. She couldn't stand the fact that people came together. That people cared about each other. They that couldn't. people care about other human beings. That she couldn't Can't have stand that. that. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Texas sues the Biden administration over uh, illegal immigration. We'll get to that. The percentage of car loans now over $1,000 a month set a new record. We'll get to uh, those topics and uh, and more. But you're right about Joy Behar. I'm telling you, the left hates it when people come together. They can't when, stand it? When people don't see skin color, when all people see is, here's a human being who is hurting. Here's a team that's hurting. Here's people that are hurting. Let's support them, irrespective of any physical characteristics. The left can't have that. Nope. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. We're ready to Friday. How did we get here so quickly? Yeah, we are. (laughs) What a week. Yeah. And I'm not even Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) Will you pay attention today? Will you please? I'm going golfing at 1130. I, you know, my phone will pay attention. I'm literally, I'm, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, It's, you know, once, (laughs) once we got past the 131st vote, I was, (laughs) I may have lost track. Maybe fewer than that. Uh, I, I was like, nah, I'll just let my phone deliver the news as it hits because I didn't have any. I still don't have confidence 
that they've got a deal done. We'll see. What's the purpose of holding vote after vote after vote I, I if you know. know you don't have the vote? I, I, I said what this is, the other day. What why, is, why would you do that? What is the public relations advantage to doing that? I, I don't know. Or the political reason, which is the same as public relations. <laughs> yeah. Right. What, what is what is the reason for doing it when you know you don't have the votes? But, right. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, we've... we've uh, that that's that's the one question out there which, which I want to get answered. Which really gets back to the look. You knew January third was coming, and before the Christmas break, you knew there was resistance building uh, against McCarthy. You know, I, but but I don't think honestly. I I think the people the you know the group of twenty the gang of twenty whatever, whatever we're calling them, um, the people who are uh not supporting mccarthy looked at this it, it, this is what it appears to me as week of opportunity you're not going to make a deal in december it's not going to get done because i'm going to take the week of january 3rd mm-hmm. and that's when i'm going to make the noise because it makes no noise now how do i make noise if we're doing a deal behind closed doors in december i can't it doesn't yeah so I got to make my noise in, in January. All right. So you and I, during the top of uh, the uh, hour, we're trying to figure out how to commit the perfect crime. Yeah. Uh, looking mm-hmm. at the we're just we're talking about the uh, the evidence that uh, came out from the prosecutor's uh, mm-hmm. office in mm-hmm. uh, Idaho, uh, uh, you know, of the uh, Idaho uh, college murders. Right. Uh, Brian uh, Koberger and his movements and everything else. We now know that. DNA was found on a button on the sheath of the knife. Right. And it's his DNA. Right. That in itself, you see that, you're like, well, done deal. Yeah. But well, but then but then you you look at everything else that they that they is now in the affidavit about, you know, the the, the, the cell phone, the cars and Yeah, it appears they the, have the a strong cars. case against right. Koberger and we'll yeah. we'll see where that goes and what you know eventually the defense puts up uh, and or if they change their position at some point, uh, and there's a plea deal to be made, I don't know. But um, it is interesting looking at the police work that was done here and reading through the affidavit, and and the timeline is, you know, shifted a bit based on new information. It was probably always going to, um, but you look at that, and you know, a phone belonging to him uh, basically left. Uh, that uh, the cell tower area in Pullman where Koberger lived and then uh, it re-entered uh, before the murders and then re-entered after the murders. Uh, the a car matching the description was seen in the area on the street there at the house. There was uh, security cams uh, at one residence that was... Uh, Next to next door to the um, residence where the murders were committed, that had some audio on it. That uh, the audio, there was a loud thud that was heard around four seventeen a.m. the morning of the murders. Um, but then the uh, the details that were provided by one of the roommates that survived, uh, and it is first of all. And reading through the affidavit, it is it is frightening to read, and because you you're you're putting yourself in the 
you know, in, in the minds of, of what they were going through, including that roommate that survived. And they're telling of it. And they, the, the suspect walked right past her. Uh, that, that is, you, you know, you asked the question because uh, uh, hours went by, what, seven hours? Yeah. Before, and, before and police were ever called. And, and it's we like still don't know. The guy walked right by you in the hallway. You didn't immediately call police. We still don't what? know yeah. why that didn't happen. Right. What happened in those hours between right. roughly 4, 17 a.m. And uh, it was closer to noon by the time they called. It was after 11 a.m. when they called. What was that? Because you see somebody, uh, according to the affidavit, that surviving roommate saw a figure dressed in in black and had a mask over their, their mouth and nose and had bushy eyebrows. Walks right past her. She's in a state of shock, according to the affidavit. She's frozen in this state of shock. The suspect walks out. The sliding glass door, which is on the second floor of that residence where the murder was murders were committed. She then slams her door and locks it, but doesn't call the authorities. I don't know how you don't call 911 at that moment. I don't know. You know, I, I honestly don't know. And several hours go by before 911 is called. So there were a number of things that can be heard. Uh, the security camera at roughly 417. Here's a thud. There is a dog that is barking repeatedly. There is a dog that is in the residence of uh, where, where the murders were committed. It belongs to one of the victims. It's a dog that was shared between one of the victims and her ex-boyfriend. Don't know if that's the dog that was barking on the security camera, but it happened about that same in that same time where that thud was heard. And the roommate who survived said at around 4 a.m., which is also the time that one of the victims received a DoorDash delivery, uh, food delivered to the house, uh, she hears something. That's the first noise she hears is what she believes is one of her roommates playing with her dog upstairs, which could have been the case if that is the roommate that received the DoorDash delivery. And they confirmed that DoorDash delivery with the delivery driver. There's records of that. Anybody who's ever had a DoorDash delivery, you, you understand the records that would be involved. And so that happens at roughly 4 a.m. And all of that jives, the, the, um, the testimony or the, the, the statement by the surviving roommate, uh, the records provided and, and statement provided by the DoorDash driver. She also heard crying. Did she and know? she heard later, she heard crying, crying right. and a male voice that said something to the effects of, um, it's okay, I'm going to help you. That was around 4.12 a.m. So, again, she tells investigators she hears what sounds like crying coming from 
the room of one of the victims. And that male voice saying something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. 417 security camera from a nearby residence picks up a distorted audio of what sounds like a whimper and a loud thud. A dog can be heard barking numerous times at some point, and and it's not clear when. The roommate opens her bedroom door. This is for the second time. And this is according to the account she gave the investigators and sees a man with bushy eyebrows, clad in black clothing, and a mask. That mask was covering the mouth and nose of the person. The man walks past her toward a sliding glass door on the second floor. She goes back into her room, locks the door, and it isn't clear what happens or what she does over the next several hours. But 911 isn't called until 11.58 a.m. Right. I don't, I don't know. But you see that in, according to the affidavit, that at around 4.20, a white Elantra is seen leaving the neighborhood at a high rate of speed. And at 4.48 a.m., a phone owned by Koberger reconnects to the cell networks south of Moscow, or Moscow, near Blaine, Idaho. After traveling in the area south of Moscow, Koberger's phone is detected back in Pullman at 5.30 a.m. There is a southern road that comes, uh, that, that is south of Moscow that goes across the state lines back into Washington and eventually winds up, comes up, uh, you would be traveling north into Pullman if you follow that road that the police, according to this affidavit, believe he likely traveled back into Pullman. And there's so many questions that you that you can come up with. It's like if he walks by, obviously he saw her and he's got the knife on him because there was no weapon found there. And why didn't he, why didn't he get rid of that witness? And, and you're doing it. And, and I'm saying that based on the fact that, you know, there's the theory, you know, did he try to commit the perfect crime? Now, I don't know if that's the motive though. We don't know that. It might have just been, it might have just been jealousy. But the one interesting thing is obviously if there was only one, uh, you know, uh, one spot of DNA on that button that obviously he took precautions that his DNA wasn't all over the place. Mm-hmm. So there were precautions that he they, he took, and so you just you're trying to put all these things together. And I guess one of the big questions is why didn't you know why didn't she call police at that time? And the one thing I thought of, remember there was a party going on in that house when they were gone. Mm-hmm. So there was a party going, and so they had to know there was a party in their house. Remember the majority? I don't think they were at the the party. Other friends were over there having the parties. So if you're in a house like that in college, well. Somebody may walk by you who's really weird, who stayed a little bit later than everybody else hmm. because they had the party beforehand. Yeah, I That's don't I was... know. The phone that was that uh, that belonged to Koberger uh, left the area. Let's see if I have this. Uh, I want to make sure uh, it left the, the the cell phone network in Pullman, Washington, at 2.47 a.m. 
Mm-hmm. So that suggests that he that if if Koberger was uh, had that phone with him at that time, that he left Pullman, Washington, at some point around right. two forty-five. I'm talking about why she might not have called the police because if she knew that there was a party oh, going see. on okay. and other people that yeah. were there, somebody may be weird. I don't know who this guy is, but there was a party going well, on with a ton of people that and seeing, that don't live here and seeing somebody wearing a mask these days. Mm-hmm isn't what it used to be even though she locked her door because obviously she felt she, she, she felt afraid right. so maybe she just felt it was weird right. yeah but not to the point of calling 911 because she doesn't want to call 911 and alert on her roommates who may just have just had a friend over i don't know i'm not right. sure yeah i mean it could be a number of things here uh the connection between Koberger and the victims isn't clear, but what they did demonstrate is that his phone had connected to cell towers near their residence in Moscow a dozen times in the months before the night of the killings. And that suggests that Stalking, I don't know. We'll be interesting to see how the defense responds to that. Was there a reason, a justifiable reason for him to be in that immediate area? Did he have a friend that lived over right, there? Right. There's an apartment complex immediately next door on one side. There are other uh, houses over there that students live in. Uh, it's, you know, this is an area populated by college students. There could be a number of reasons why he would be over there leading up to that may not have to do with stalking them directly but you know that's the only connection right now that there is in terms of evidence presented through this affidavit but it sounds like they have built a pretty solid case so far we'll see where the defense goes unless he comes out and says his knife was stolen that's the first thing that hit my I, mind is that, thought, okay, that look, was it was stolen, and but then, okay, is that his car? Then can they prove that that is his car? Now, he changed his plates. Right. Uh, five days after the murders, he changed his plates from Pennsylvania, his home state, to Washington. I don't know why. Well, they were going to expire in 12 days. Oh, was it? Okay, they said, I didn't see that. Now, I, okay. I, I'm not saying that's why the way, he did it. I'm that simply saying that could that, have been just the normal, you know, process right, of, right. of, you know, I've my everything's expiring here, and I need to get it registered here because that's where I live now. I again, you don't know, yeah. don't know. Um, what other hard evidence would there be? His DNA is at the scene. Yep. But you, when you build, uh, you know, the the doubt in the jury's mind in the defense. Right. You probably go, well, anybody could have had that. He didn't he didn't uh possess that knife, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe it belonged to a friend who lived in that area and he actually looked at it one night while at a party. I mean, there could be mm-hmm. a number right. of roads they travel down when it comes to the defense here. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on red eye radio. McNamara, 86690, right? Okay, I thought I had heard that 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 night that there were people over at their house 
I don't. Uh, I I started doing some research on it. TMZ had the story that uh, on September first, police were called. Maybe this is what I was. Maybe that was what I mm. saw. I thought I had seen that there was a party going on, but apparently they had. There were parties uh, that uh, there was a party on September first at that Idaho house where mm. cops were called. And they said, well, where are the people that live here? And they said, nobody's here. And so it was something that was going on mm. that they would have parties at their house and they none of the roommates would be there. Mm. It was like a party house. Mm. And so if it is a party house, that would still be the same thing. If it's a party house and people are coming and going whenever you want and some weird person walks by you, if consistently there are people in your house. You may feel well, then, creep, you, creeped right. out by it. Right. You're going to lock your door, but you're not going to call the <clears throat> cops because... You know, uh, you don't feel threatened. You don't feel like anything has happened at that point. I, again, I don't know. There's a lot to be learned about that. Because we're talking seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours. Here's a question. If he was over there 12 times, was over there late, was he ever at a party and nobody noticed? Right. Well, that's it. Did he have, did he know people over there? You're talking about, you know, Pullman and Moscow, two small college towns where you're going to have the same kind of behavior, basically. And as the authorities point out in the affidavit, that people go back and forth from Pullman to Moscow all the time. It's very common. Because that would be the question that, how did he choose that house? Right. Yeah. And, you know, was there any kind of interaction between him and any of the victims at, you know, at any point? Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck. The Bonus Show. Toronto Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Yeah, so just thinking about what the defense is going to try to, uh, you know, to do. And and you, you make an interesting point that uh, during the break, and we're talking about the Idaho murder case, the, uh, the murders of the college students, um, that uh, he returned, that uh, Koberger returned that morning. Yeah. And you made the great point because I was like, okay, why did he return? And you made the great point. He goes, maybe he knew that he didn't have his the the, the sheath. sheath he the may have, and he, exactly. he may have you know left evidence behind. And he was worried about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's you know they there's this old saying. They always return to the the scene of the crime. I don't know to what extent that is the case, but and, according to authorities, yeah. they're saying. As they believe Koberger is the murderer here, they're saying that is the case based on the evidence of the phone basically showing up in the cell towers uh, that serve that neighborhood. 
again later that morning, and it was just after 9 a.m. And this was still almost three hours before 911 had been called. Now, remember, this is uh, is this the original affidavit, which which for the arrest, which I think it was because there also remember uh, when they did the original affidavit to arrest him, they had not yet been in his college apartment. Right. Right. So they got the search warrant for that afterwards mm-hmm. and went into his apartment. So we don't know what additional evidence they have. Here's a question that I have. And I'm not this is not a judgmental question in any way. Why? When I saw that the FBI ordered the state troopers to, in Indiana to pull them over, uh, is that because the FBI is involved? Had would be the federal authority in a different state to be able to, I guess, tell them to pull over because the FBI was involved in the case. The Moscow police brought mm-hmm. them in, right? And so, if you're trying to, if you're trying to, uh, uh, you know, I'm assuming it wouldn't be the local police following him through Indiana. It would be. The FBI that, yeah, right, yeah, they would be that is going, that is well, going across the, state. It's likely right. that they have the resources, but they also have right. the jurisdiction. Yeah, and so, and if it is the case that the murderer crossed the state line uh, between Washington State and Idaho in order to uh, conduct this crime, to commit the crime, um, you know, now they didn't know. I don't. I'm not sure how much they knew then, but. I think especially early on with the Moscow police force, they are limited in resources and you need the assistance of the FBI. Um, but uh, c- certainly when you're, when he's, uh, the suspect is traveling, uh, there's going to have to be a, uh, uh, there are jurisdictional concerns and they're going to have to communicate with those jurisdictions. And that's where, you know, ultimately serving the warrants, uh, the Pennsylvania State Police, you know, and their cert officers, uh, the special emergency response team uh, that ultimately, you know, serve those warrants. Um, you know, it's uh, the cooperation level of all these different agencies and, and different fields within the FBI as well uh, that were involved. Uh, it's it is uh, very interesting to see how they bring people to justice and uh, we'll see what is learned in the coming days and and you make a good point after searching his apartment on the campus there uh at uh, washington state university uh how much new evidence if any was you know was mm-hmm. uh obtained and then how does it change uh the uh the case do we know why what they were looking for on his hands why they pulled him over i i didn't see where but they they wanted what the FBI had worked with state authorities to pull him over because they were trying to get a clear picture of his hands. Right. I don't know why that would be the case. Did they believe that his hands would have a wound and, you know, that um, would that or. You know what? What would be the what would be the tell there? I, I don't know. Now I know that the, the 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 DNA that led to his arrest was going through his parents' garbage, mm-hmm. and then getting right. yeah. getting getting right. the father's DNA, mm-hmm. and and realize okay, this is and I I saw the figure it was like ninety nine point nine 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 nine. You know, one of those numbers mm-hmm. that okay, this is you know that's his son. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And, yeah. you know, that was the thing. And they went through their, their garbage in order to get that, which they're allowed to do. That's you can go mm-hmm. through. Right. You put, you put the garbage out. Anybody can go through it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. I wouldn't suggest you go through my garbage, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, that's been found constitutional. Mm-hmm. You know, people have fought that, said, no, I leave my garbage out. That's still mine. No, when you leave it out there. And then the street, it becomes public at that point. Uh, now, I don't believe I can go through your garbage. I can't go onto your pro. I can't go onto your property, but if it's out by the street. I can. Right. Uh, it is because that is uh, that would be the city property. Right. Um, right. The part between the sidewalk. And right. The- uh, a, a dear friend of mine, his sister was murdered and it went unsolved for a long time, many years. I didn't know it had been solved until I saw the case on the Discovery Channel. I just happened to be watching one day and there had been a suspect in that case that came through, you know, the, the basically the, the normal of, of uh, I guess, uh, way that people try and armchair uh, investigate things in a small town. It did happen in a small town, but it was the, you know, there, there was this one person that she had been uh linked to and they and many people in that town believed that that person may be responsible and then it turned out to be a former co-worker and how they obtained the dna was interesting because he was working a different job by then and they were um doing the surveillance he he throws out a coffee cup on the grounds of the of this uh, business in in a trash can, there was a security gate that was closing, and the officer had the detective had to rush in, grab that cup out of the trash, and rush out before the gate closed. But they were able to get it, and, and that's how they solved the case. And when you look at it, and again, it's just a th- a theory that you know that because he was you know going for his doctorate in. Uh, in in criminal justice or criminology, whatever it, this precisely it was, mm-hmm. that you know he was attempting to commit the perfect crime, right? You know, and and again, that's just a theory. I don't know whether that's true or not, right? But if 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 that was one of the theories out there, is because you know he he would just know what to do and what not to do. And you and I were just talking about it uh, during one of our breaks, saying, well, "Wait a minute, then you never bring your cell phone with you. That would be number one, right? You don't bring yeah. your cell phone with you, right? Because the cell phone pings that would be like elementary criminality 101 would would, not you would know you would know that that is traceable you're driving a vehicle that's driving there there are cameras everywhere uh i i don't know i don't know what the rate is how what percentage of uh homes have cameras but it's it's fairly high percentage of them yeah and significant to the point of this is, you know, how they the the officers that are investigating there um, were able to track the travel of the suspect's vehicle, and so the question would be: Was there something that set him off that particular night, or was it about where, that, where or, he wasn't, where or, he wasn't or, or, thinking, or, or was it about? revenge or it could have been. he was spurned right. or you know whatever i mean it's uh some he was rejected it could be a number of of mm-hmm. of of different mm-hmm. things i mean it was just the assumption because he was in the be, being in criminal justice may have come as an afterthought to the not i want to get do the perfect crime but i'm looking for revenge or 
whatever. Well, and jealousy. And that, I was. That, you know. that would correlate with what was said at the beginning of the investigation, uh, just after the murders and and the days after the murders. Um, one of the authorities there saying that it was they believed it was a, a essentially a crime of passion, which means somebody right. who was um, very angry in that moment. And so um, at that point, while you may be trying to cover your tracks, you're not thinking about it ahead of time. You're reacting. Mm -hmm. And and again, my dad, uh, a a seasoned law enforcement officer in the military, but also taught law enforcement and criminal investigation um, has always said. And and I think any it, this is you don't have to have that kind of experience to know there's evidence left behind in every crime. It's about finding that evidence and then putting that. And nothing matters except the work to find the evidence. The evidence will tell the story, and it's a puzzle quite often. And you have to put the puzzle together. Um, but the evidence is always there. There's always evidence. And in today's world, it is, I, I don't know how many different ways they're going to find you. But they're going to find you. I would expect, because this is such a high-profile case, that if the defense is going to use an argument, you're going to hear that publicized very soon. Look, this wasn't his knife, you know, or, or somebody stole his knife. Mm -hmm. you know, it was a, yeah, it was a friend's knife. He had a friend in that, that lived in that area. Right. And he probably would, you know, looked at that knife at one point. Now you got to be able to identify then, who the friend is, though. <laughs> well, but, but yeah, you've got to, if you, you have to have uh, something to back that up. You can't mm -hmm. just say it. Because, and, and, and even if you're presenting to a jury, you can't say, well, maybe it was, we don't know how the sheath got there with this DNA. But it doesn't put him there. His DNA is at the scene. So you've got to convince a jury that. And, and if you don't say, if you don't have some kind of evidence to back up your defense, your story, then it's near impossible right. to convict or, or to uh, convince a jury of that. And and then you add to it the, the travel of the vehicle, the travel of the cell phone owned by the suspect, and everything else in this equation and what they might find in his apartment that I don't believe was part of, yeah, because because this was the arrest affidavit, which mm -hmm. right, which uh, they got the search warrant for his college apartment mm -hmm. after, right, and it's and so this is only a small part of it. Uh, there's going to be a tremendous amount of of evidence building along the way, and you know this is how you get to a point of someone. Uh, either eventually confessing or making some kind of plea deal. We're talking about the murders of four individuals here. And it, it is a, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of plea deal you would make. The only kind of plea deal in this case you would probably make if you believe you have it slam dunk is, uh, a, life in prison without parole and you take the death penalty off and yeah. there's there's really no other deal you can make yeah right on on this one unless you don't have the evidence and you've got the dna mm -hmm. on 
the uh, uh, basically the uh, the uh, murder weapon case. Yeah, case. That's yeah, right. that'd be the, yeah, right. the sheath the is a yeah. is a case. Exactly. So yeah. the murder weapon case, mm-hmm. your DNA is at the murder scene. Right. That's a pretty tough one, unless you can convince the jury that the knife was stolen. Right. Because the next question would be, was there any other DNA on there? Right. Yep. You know, and and I don't know what the answer to that is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's um, because it's it's for all of us, you know, uh, that are law abiding citizens and would never even think of something like this. It is, it's impossible to wrap your head around that kind of mentality. You know, uh, being upset with someone or whatever, uh, that's one thing. But I mean taking the lives of four individuals in a, in a matter of minutes in a brutal fashion uh, i unfathomable we, I, we can't, I, yeah. it's it, it is the most disturbing yeah. thoughts that you can have i just saw uh that uh, 48 hours cbs uh 48 hours and they investigate uh, certain uh, crimes and situations uh they're going to do a special on this coming up i believe it's this weekend but Obviously, that will be limited based on what they know about the case right now. Uh, I would expect a follow-up, you know, on on that as they learn more and we learn more about this case. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Biden discovers the border <laughs> and that there's a problem. No. Oh. Which, I love the Wall Street Journal. Oh, and then we now know Biden's running for a second term. Yeah, right. He's discovered a border problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> Great and point. also, Texas sues the Biden administration over a rule making Americans pay immigration welfare costs. Hmm. All coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.